For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Grace Duffy. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On this week's Social Media Marketing Talk Show, we explore new Facebook Live tools with Luria Petrucci of Live Streaming Pros. Looking forward to talking to her. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that Social Media Marketing World 2020 is in 2020, but rapidly approaching. Trust me, if you count it by weeks, it's way faster. And this is the place where you can get ahead of your competitors. You can master the social platforms that you didn't think you needed to or didn't know you needed to. And it's also the place where you can talk to everybody, the experts, your peers, about how to measure your ROI. And again, the biggest names like Luria will be there. You can soak up the tips. You can talk about new strategies and There's just, again, so many networking opportunities. Don't miss it. It's in sunny San Diego, California, when the rest of the world at that point is not necessarily as bright and sunny in the beginning of March 2020. So don't miss out. Head on over to socialmediamarketing.world to find out more and to grab your ticket. All right. We're going to welcome back Luria Petrucci to the show. She's one of the live streaming pros. Uh, Also, you can find her and... David Foster doing their podcast, Create Live, which is awesome. And she's also going to be a speaker at Social Media Marketing World 2020. Luria, welcome back to the show. I cannot wait for Social Media Marketing World. So excited. It's going to be so good. So uh, welcome back. It's been, I don't know, it's been a couple months now, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, I I I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's been a little bit, so I'm glad to be back yes. and uh, ready to talk about live video news. Well, not just live video, but video news. I mean, holy yes. cow. Yes. Lots of video news. There's a lot here. So let's start with the Facebook stuff because it's been a while since Facebook themselves rolled out anything really new or even if it's minor or major in terms of their own live streaming capabilities. So let's jump through what some of these are. So Grace, why don't you go ahead and spell out some of these and we'll take them, you know, one by one as we go through them. So yes, they rolled out a slew of video tools. So there's live video broadcasting, Creator Studio and Watch Party that they rolled out new enhanced tools, new metrics, track video performance. They've also expanded some key features and found better ways to prep for live broadcasts like this one, and then to take advantage of watch parties. So the first one was uh, the live video update. So the first thing they rolled out was the rehearsal feature. Now, Eric and I were talking about this. So apparently through the live API, publishers can now use the rehearsal feature to the page admins and editors to test production setup, interactive features, and use show formats. 
how cool is this? <laughs> well, okay. Let's be honest. You could always do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, no, what Facebook is doing is presenting an official way to do it. Mm-hmm. But like you could always go live privately to test yes. things, right? Yes. So like that's always been a functionality. But the what Facebook is doing, and I think this is a good idea on Facebook's part because if you're not used to live video, then you don't necessarily realize that you could have gone privately to practice or to test and, and things like that. So it's just basically making it a little bit more of an official thing to help people understand, okay, there's this thing. It's a, probably a good idea to use, by the way, <laughs> before you go live for reels. And um, so it's, it's helpful from that perspective, but it's not necessarily a thing that nobody could do before because you could always go private. Well, but when you, when you did go private though, would the people that are admins be able to go to the page and see it there and comment on it or was it? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, so like it depends, you, you can choose your privacy settings, right? So I haven't actually seen, cause I haven't rolled this out. I haven't seen how they're implementing it and I haven't been able to find any screenshots of what that might look like. So maybe it's a little bit more than just a phrasing. And so we'll have to kind of wait and see. I mean, I haven't seen it. Have you guys no, all they did was announce yeah. it and then they didn't yeah. like say, hey, go here. This they love wrong. doing they that. Yeah, it's, it's, so- they're teasing us. <laughs> Facebook's the tease. So. Well, and I looked through all the reports and it didn't say this is rolling out now or this is available now. And I just want to say like they announced all of these things at a conference in Amsterdam this past week or maybe it was like two weeks ago. Uh, probably, seen, no, yeah. it was like the week ago, like so two weeks ago. So, and they didn't really offer a lot of details about when these are available. So, but they did just say that they are announcing them or they are rolling out. So in, in normal Facebook, you know, <laughs> function, it, it'll be maybe a year before everybody gets it. So just heads up on that, by the way, but after we get through all of this stuff, Grace, I forgot to tell you, there's one thing that you don't have on here that wasn't officially announced. So we'll tackle that after we're done with your list. Is okay. that okay? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I love it. We're, we're reporting news as it's happening. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. So one of the things, though, that they said was coming is this ability for publishers to be able to trim, which is funny. We were just talking about this roundabout, trim the beginning and end of a live video. Now, I know that often when you and David would go live, you would have this pre-roll countdown thing going on mm-hmm. to kind of notify people. And so- This would allow you, in essence, to use that, have the notifications, people get notified, show up, anticipate you guys going live. And then after it's over, people would just say chop and take that out and have it just start at the content beginning point for replay viewers. This I was this is probably my favorite Facebook live feature of the year or of two years, probably like this is a great feature that needed to come out way before. Um, And so, yes, you're right. Like we love the countdown timers because in reality, and a lot of people don't realize this, but 
with Facebook live, especially, but any live video, it takes time for people to join you to get the notification. Facebook doesn't necessarily send out a notification right away about your live stream, right? And so it takes time. 20 minutes is going to be your peak amount of viewers, uh, 18 to 20 minutes, statistically speaking. So having a 10 minute countdown at 9.50 to get everybody going, to get those alerts starting the, in the algorithm and just engaging with your audience or having a countdown timer. I prefer the engagement aspect of a countdown timer versus just a straight countdown timer, but you could play it either way. Then yeah, you get rid of it after the fact. Another way that I actually am using this now is I actually start my show right at 10 on Wednesdays. I'll start my Facebook live show and I will just dig into the content. I will get going. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I will do Q&A and then I'll trim off the Q&A to create a little bit of FOMO if you're missing out and encourage people to, you know, there's a shorter replay then so that it doesn't feel as lengthy or as, as much of a wait. And then it also encourages FOMO to show up live if you don't get to watch the live Q&A, right? So things like that can be really beneficial to having a, this trim feature. Now, I will say, it's not perfect. I actually did this and I'm actually going to have to add some buffer to the front end because I did not trim off the beginning on this week's show. I just trimmed the end. But what happened was Facebook trimmed off the beginning. Oh, <laughs> really? So it was like, it saw that I wanted to trim. And so then it just trimmed a little bit more than I asked it to. So just be aware that it's not a fully, you know, precise system. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to have to make some adjustments in my format to accommodate for that. But uh, so, yeah, it basically started in the middle of a sentence when I didn't touch the beginning of the trim. Oh, interesting. interesting. And so does it automatically trim a certain amount? Well, you have the ability to control the time stamps, mm -hmm. but what it actually does is not accurate to those timestamps. That's so. fascinating. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. So the, the precision well, isn't there in terms of uh -uh. actually being able to cut at the right marks and different things. <laughs> no, <Okay. laughs> so just, just know that, you know, it's not going to be <laughs> precise, but <laughs> and Facebook said that they've used this capability uh, yeah. for NASA, which broadcasts eight hour spacewalks, mm -hmm. which I'm like, well, yeah, please trim that down. I don't have eight <laughs> hours to watch a spacewalk. But <laughs> I mean, I could. But. Right. No, it's super helpful for getting to the meat on the replay because when it comes to live, there's a benefit and the engagement factor. But on a replay, mm -hmm. you know, people are less willing to put up with some of that engagement stuff or the extra stuff like on a spacewalk. You know, they're like, all right, let's see it. So strategically, you can use this feature to really help your views after the fact after live you may not know the yeah. answer to this question because it just occurred to me but maybe you oh, but i can make up one but you can make up <laughs> one and, and if not you can investigate um okay <laughs> during that engage that pre-engagement time often you'll get comments and if you yeah. trim off that part of the video i'm wondering what happens to those comments 
the comments say, at at least according to, you know, the trim that I did, that I've been doing, I've been doing this for a few weeks now, but all of the comments stay. So I don't think it affects the algorithm or anything like that. Right there was, well, if we chop off these 20 comments or however many that were there, (laughs) it's like, oh, don't take away my comments. I need those to like prove. For sure. Yeah. For the algorithm. So. It's a a good thought. That's a very good thought. But yeah, in my experience, it doesn't affect it. Okay. Next up is the simulcasting feature. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So we were confused by this. So (laughs) Facebook said that now publishers will be able to use apps to let them stream to more than one streaming service at once by simulcasting via the live API. And we just didn't understand what this means because (laughs) I kind of was like, don't we already do, it. do yeah. that? Like, <laughs> okay, so this is, yeah, this is something that most people don't understand at all. So uh, don't feel bad. But there are two different ways to connect from your software to Facebook Live. And those are API and then RTMP. So through the API, it's an automatic connection. It's more of a, like, basically in order to connect through API, you're logging in through the system, through your software that then connects directly to Facebook. The RTMP is what you guys have been always using in order to simulcast. And so that's what most people do in order to simulcast because in the past, Facebook has not allowed simulcasting through the API only. And so RTMP, you could always do that. So basically, this really doesn't affect anything. It's just Facebook saying, now we're not holding you back from simulcasting in the official rules through the API. It it doesn't really affect anything through, you know, if you're using Restream or, you know, simulcasting through your software like vMix or anything like that. It just, it's just more of an official rule announcement. For for (laughs) a while there, there was this kind of, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half or so ago, there was, I remember talking with Jeff C about this and David probably too. I remember there was this whole, oh, Facebook doesn't let you go multiple places because of the API. Is this kind of them loosening that grip? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Facebook has always had that rule. Like, we do not want you going multiple places through the API. A lot of people did not understand that they meant through the API versus RTMP. And so, yeah, it's just it's the loosening up of the rule. That's that's really all it is. So it won't affect anybody in terms of how they go live, really. So don't worry about that. Okay. And by the way, um, Mark just asked in the comments, is the rehearsal feature the same as test broadcast? Mark, if you have test broadcast, that should be the rehearsal feature. And I would love for you to ping me on Twitter or something and show me, and I'm sure that you guys want to see this as well, Mm -hmm. but like, I'd like to see images or screencasts of that since none of us have it. Perfect. Yes, yeah, he I says, yes, have I have it. So yeah, thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Creator Studio, some updates there. Uh, Grace, what were the updates there? We've got Wait. a bunch of different. Oh, what? before we move on, can we talk about that one thing? Oh, that- yeah, I, w- I meant to ask you earlier when you brought that up, where does that fit? <laughs> so now yeah, it fits. right here. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. Pause. So reset. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, actually, uh, somebody pinged me on Twitter and was like, 
Hey, like, this is stupid. The Facebook is being stupid. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just a bug. And he was like, no, it's not a bug. And I was like, hold on. So what happened was they actually updated their documentation without any announcement about this particular thing. It's big. It's scheduled Facebook live, right? So when you schedule your Facebook lives, traditionally what's happened is that you have a single post for that. So you go, you schedule your post, you get a link and then people can click get reminder, whether they actually get the reminder, who knows, but (laughs) they can click a button and make them feel like they're getting something. And then when you go live and you send that signal, it goes to that same post. Now what they're doing is splitting that up into two different posts And a few of my students actually have this. And so I'm working with them. I don't have it, thank goodness. Um, But I'm working with them to see, you know, come up with a strategy for this, because essentially what Facebook is doing is having a scheduled post, number one, live post, number two, and separating those two things, which, in my opinion, is massively massively horrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't understand who thought this was a good idea because you can't promote effectively at that point. right? Right. So you can't send out scheduled post links and say, join me here. Now, caveat, they are actually connecting the two. Like, so when you go live, it'll say watch here, but it's a little button that most people don't see because we all know how little people pay attention to to details, right? And so you're sending out this scheduled post link and then people have to click again to go to the live stream or you have to wait to promote until you're live with that actual new link. So this is a big issue in my opinion. And I'm so thankful that I don't have it right now, which watch tomorrow, I'll get it. But (laughs) uh, for those of you lucky ones who have gotten the new feature, just know that it's not a bug. And that is something that you're going to have to rework your strategy around promotion. Yeah. As they would probably say, it's not a bug, it's a feature. The first time I heard about this was a few weeks ago. I was down in Nashville at a conference and I was at an Airbnb with uh, Ian Anderson Gray and Jeff C. And so it was the day after the conference is over and we're all sitting there doing work at the kitchen picnic table inside of the house at the Airbnb. And they're talking about this as I'm like, oh, that sounds like a nightmare. And now I know that it is. And, And even more people that are here in the chat as we're recording this episode live are saying that they've seen it and they have this too. So- Yeah, it's a big issue because they didn't announce it. And so people are just confused about it. When I did my stream about this like two or three weeks ago, you know, most people were like, oh, that's what's happening because there was no announcement. Yeah, I think they they know that it's not a good idea. (laughs) Grace, make sure to note that we can grab uh, the link to that so that people can go check out that video that you did on this. And we can yeah, link, and I'll, link it up in the I'll show continue notes. to work on a strategy around this um, as I, I work with my students who have that. I'm just working with them one on one to like figure out what to do here. But I will come up with a strategy. I promise you that it just may not be as as easy as it has been in the past. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Now we can move on. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was incredibly valuable. And I'm glad we took the time to yes, talk about it it's good because to know. like yes. that would have been massively confusing. Cause I mean, even how we promote this show, you know, we, we, we get the title and everything and we start promoting it on Thursdays and mm-hmm. we kind of link to 
get people over to our crowdcast. Now, when we used to simulcast on Facebook, same thing, we'd be on Facebook. But oh my gosh, that would give me anxiety. So. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> All right. So updates to Creator Studio. So there's two. There's loyalty insights and then a new distribution metric. And so these are within the dashboards within Creator Studio. So the loyalty insights help a creator see which videos their loyal fans are wanting to see by measuring which videos are driving more return viewers, which I think is really cool. And then the other one is the distribution metric, which scores your videos, each of your videos performance based on your page's historic Average. So it's not comparing it to anyone else's page or, you know, it wouldn't be comparing our show to Luria. It would be like just how you did. So you're basically competing with you, <laughs> which is good. And they're rolling out within the next few months. Hypothetically speaking, how would you use this information to drive your own content strategy? This kind of data specifically can help you create content that is more in line with what your audience wants. Like the, the most important thing to realize here is that Facebook wants engagement. We all realize that at this point, but people struggle to deliver on engagement, right? And get engagement. And so part of getting engagement, and this is a big passion topic of mine, but like part of getting engagement is creating content that people actually want to engage with. And so having data that actually shows you what they actually are engaged with and what they want versus like, I mean, this sounds like it's going to be a little bit more information than you currently have. Like, yeah, you can look at the likes and the hearts and the reactions and the comments, and you can kind of piece that data together. But Hopefully what this turns out to be is a very visual, very clear way to say, all right, this topic gets engagement every time. This is what the loyal viewers are, are liking, coming back for, et cetera, et cetera. This kind of content, not really hitting at home with people, right? <laughs> so like, that's what I'm hoping to see from this. And if that's the case, then you just, you look at the data you rinse and repeat, right? You you do more of that kind of data that or shows that that is working. And then in terms of competing against yourself, like that is massive. I am always a big proponent of competing against yourself and just improving where you are versus competing against other people. Yeah, you can use them to inspire you, but if you look at your data against your own data, you will always improve and you won't hit caps, right? Like right. if if you believe that everybody's only reaching 50% of XYZ, then you'll probably only ever hit 50%. But if you compete against yourself, guess what? You can hit 51%, then the next time 53%, then 54, right? And you just keep going, keep going. So I think I think it's a beautiful thing my con to this is that I haven't seen really great analytics from Facebook in the past. So I'm uncertain if it's actually going to be what I dream of. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say YouTube's analytics. I was even looking at those this oh, morning yeah. are like, far and beyond more <laughs> helpful, more conclusive, mm -hmm. more comprehensive is actually what I meant to say, but it's also yeah. conclusive too. Um, <laughs> so what do you, um, I guess I'm answering my question. This There is no comparison. I was going to ask you, how do these there compare? Really but I guess there really isn't. And we'll see if these do start to have any kind of comparison applicable, I guess. Yeah. I mean, eventually Facebook has to get their game together on analytics. Like if they don't, I can't see them not at some point, but it's a step in the right direction, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's move on. Watch Party had a couple of little things as well. Uh, let's touch on this real quick and then let's move over to YouTube, actually. So, or yeah. Google, I should say, but it's YouTube, whatever. <laughs> so, Watch Party, you can now schedule a Watch Party in advance. So, that's cool, I guess. I, I'm not trying to sound down on it. I'm just like, I'm not there. I'm not on Facebook to sit and watch multiple videos in a row with other people, but I guess I could be persuaded. So, anyways, they give you two links for it, then, then I'm totally not in. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that. Thank goodness. But one thing is um, I've noticed this in groups. Facebook is really pushing watch party in groups and it's not a good thing necessarily. So for example, I'm in one particular group where she goes live. I, I, I help inside of this group and she goes live every, almost every day. And then people will start watch parties because Facebook is pushing a comment saying, Hey, do you want to start a watch party? Well, she's live. People are starting watch parties, splitting that conversation up. And so then she'll never see those comments. And it can be a really weird thing to manage from a page moderator or, or admin moderator. perspective yeah. or as a group. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it, it could be applicable on pages as well as an issue. So it's just something to watch out for and something to be aware of. You may need to do a lot of training inside of your group specifically if, if you get this feature. Gotcha. Okay. They also said that there's now support for replays that'll let people watch it you know, after, which I guess I always assumed was part of it. So I don't know. I, I thought so know. too. Yeah. It really and, was. And then the ability to tag business partners in branded content. Again, something I thought was already there, but whatever. <laughs> They're just giving us what we already thought we had. It's perfect. <laughs> and then they said there's new analytics. So there you go. Uh, let's move over to YouTube or let's move over to Google. But it, it was highlighting YouTube. So this is interesting. Grace, give us the rundown here. And then I've got a lot of thoughts, but I want to hear Luria's oh, first. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Buckle up, everyone. We've got thoughts. So Google announced an update and <laughs> how it handles videos in the search results. So this is when you're on Google and you search and you look for something. And like for social media marketing and this show comes up, right? So instead of just listing relevant videos in the search results, Google will now allow these creators to highlight the most relevant parts of their longer videos based on time stamps that they submit and so that when these search results come back so let's say that you're looking for uh, video editing tools right and so and I have a longer video about all these things about getting started but I just want I'm just interested in video tools then you then the creator can just say this is where I start talking about video tools and then that video will just start playing I guess in your search results so Google doesn't say whether the markup will have any influence on videos rankings in the search results or how to but it's especially helpful for like I said like how to videos or, or documentaries that are tend to be longer and cover different topics. Yes. So Luria, what do you think of this? I think it's amazing and probably won't get used as much as we would hope so. So I, I do love this idea. Like the idea is great because obviously, yes, like I do a lot of long form content, especially doing live. Right. And so some of my lives are shorter, but a lot of them are longer. And so the ability to be able to target search results in our end and to not make somebody click through or watch the whole thing mm -hmm. that can be super beneficial, especially when, you know, on our Friday live shows, for example, we do Q and a Q and a covers 
completely random topics. So we may be talking tech, we may be talking, you know, growing your audience, we may be all over the place. And so there's not really a great way to title that for search results. Like this could potentially help us locate new viewers through search results. So that's potentially a huge thing. Unfortunately, it's a manual process for the creators, which I'm sure is what you have made your thoughts on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But again, at the same time, like, and and here's where I'm curious. So, and I probably should have reached out to Pat Flynn, but I didn't think. Yeah. Because he's testing it, right? Because it was literally his images of his video on podcasting that was in this announcement. And he probably had to himself or somebody on his team go in and manually add these um, mm-hmm. you know, chapters basically to, to his video. And that's great and all. And I mean, again, if you in the producing portion had what's in the video, then part of the editing process is like, Oh, well at this timestamp, this is where that is. And so you just know. So again, it's a little extra work, but maybe for a lot of extra benefit. And here's why, because as you looked, I was looking and studying the image and it was like, well, here he's talking about a boom stand here. He's talking about a microphone here. He's talking about, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what else, but it was still microphone related. But then I could see any, each of those things, it said timestamps for clicking through and going to that directly. Then just kind of off the screen of the phone that they were showing, it said podcast editing one Oh one something or other. And it gave a timestamp there. And my thought was, okay, so if I didn't know who Pat was, and I yeah. wasn't interested in the microphone stuff, but I was interested in the editing thing. Then he doesn't miss out on somebody finding out more about what he has to offer in that area mm-hmm. because they can't from just glancing at the thumbnail as a whole, see that that's in there. And now that right. they can, they can jump in and then they're like, oh man, this guy's good. I'm going to scrub back to the beginning and start watching or see what other videos mm-hmm. he has. It's actually a, the ability for creators to not have those missed opportunities of connection because our yeah. stuff is so, you know, diverse or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. I, I freaking, I freaking love it. I just, I think what's going to happen is that people with teams or at least a VA mm-hmm. will do it. And everybody just starting out not going to happen because it's just one more thing on their plate. And I, and everybody knows if, as you're just starting out with content creation, you've got so much that you're doing, you're doing everything. And until you get a VA or take that next team member step, right. And start growing your business, then things will just fall off your plate. So I, I think it's a great thing for people who are already successful uh, because I just don't know that it's going to happen for people who aren't yet grabbing that attention. Right. I agree. It is application only. So to be able mm. to, to even get to this, they are only letting people in. You have to go to the form, which we'll put in our show notes, and then you can submit to, and this is, by the way, it's only on YouTube which is then fed out to Google search results. Makes sense. They don't say, as far as I can tell, anything about these moments or highlights or whatever you want to call them, these highlight key moments, I guess. Let's go with that. Inside of YouTube proper, when someone's searching for something in Google and it shows up, the video shows up there that they're saying this is going to happen. So. Yeah, but then when they click those videos, it goes straight to YouTube. So that's a good point. Yeah. I'm looking at, oh, yeah, no, it is in Google. That, yeah. that image is a Google image, not a YouTube image. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting. I would hope 
that somehow this for the YouTube search algorithm, people would be able to mm. search in YouTube and find like, for example, in, in the example I was giving with Pat's video, someone typing podcast editing would have that show up and that segment of his video show up, which is then opens up a whole gateway of extra searchability, discoverability for creators and what they're doing, not just for the title of the video and the content of the video as far as what they say it's in there, but that it's actually in there. So mm -hmm. anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll link up to that in the show notes and everything. So uh, that's not our only uh, YouTube news. So this is tied more into the social aspect of YouTube, which again, we've been in that, okay, Facebook's got the social, but weak on video, sort of. Uh, this, these are generalities. And then YouTube, great on video, weaker on social. So this is kind of YouTube beefing up its social side of things. Basically, they're giving the ability to click in and see a YouTube user's comment history in a channel. And so I'm curious, do you think that this is going to help in terms of the social aspect uh, when it comes to YouTube? Yeah, I think, well... <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, will it help with social? Maybe not so much. Um, what it will do is give you a little bit inf more info on your people. So I put a lot of effort into remembering as many of my viewers who comment as possible, right? Or connecting with them on a deeper level, things like that. But the other day I had this, this uh, comment come on and I was like, this name sounds familiar. I feel like they've just been like saying stupid stuff, but I couldn't <laughs> quite remember. They weren't trolling mm -hmm. in the past, but I could remember that their, their name in an awkwardness. Like that's mm -hmm. what I remembered. Right. And so had I been able to look back at their comment history, I would have immediately understood if they were trolling based on, you know, a section of comments yes. or if they were actually trying to have a conversation with me. And in that sense, I'm going to approach that differently. So having that information is a little bit help is, is definitely helpful in terms of managing your community. And then of course, if you start to see a name come up over and over and you're like, you know, this person keeps coming back into my memory, you can look back at their comment history and realize that they're beginning or have been one of your most loyal commenters. And in that sense, you could try and do something, you know, uh, special for them or definitely maybe give them a special shout out in a, the next video or things like that, that allow you just more information about your community from that perspective. I think it's really beneficial. Will it help socially? I mean, not in the same sense that, you know, we have social on Twitter or Facebook. No, or no, Instagram. it's, it's I, I, when I saw this news, I thought, oh, this is kind of like if I have somebody reply to, I don't really know them that well, or maybe in passing kind of know them a little on Twitter because they reply to a tweet of mine, but then I click through to their profile and start looking at what they've been tweeting and who they've been tweeting with. And I'm like, Oh, this person's kind of mm -hmm. cool. And in that yeah. sense, I can click follow and like, you know, close the loop and see them more here. There's not that option, but at least you get the added context of, Oh, now I know who this person is. So that can mm -hmm. be helpful. Yeah. Grace, did they say that they were planning on or did I, is, am I just uh, making this up? Did they say they're planning on making this open to all of their comment history or uh, just your just said, channel? 
They just said they're testing it for right now. So it's something that they're just experimenting to see. I mean, they previously stopped uh, private messaging in favor to push all interaction onto comments. So I see this as kind of the next step in that, right? So now they've yeah. closed that, da- that, closed that conversation or private conversation channel and they're switching to everything to be public. And so now this is even more public, right? And I think, you know, I like that you gave us the creator version of it, that it allows you to get to know your audience. But I think as, us as viewers, it allows us, like Eric was saying, to just kind of see like, oh, create those connections within yeah. like, hey, we're we're both interested in video editing. We're both interested in this and create those connections. So it I is like possible. That, yeah. yeah, but they're only testing it. So this hasn't officially rolled out yet, but I'm sure that it will soon. Yeah, perfect. Well, that is our news at least for you, we've got a couple other things, but Luria, we'll let you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for being awesome and for bringing the news because it was really cool. And, and thank you for bringing the extra news this time. Yeah. 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 I should have let you know that ahead of time, but thank no, you guys so much for having me. I yeah. always enjoy hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Perfect. Same to you. Tell everyone where we can find more from you and these videos where you break news. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm at livestreamingpros.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday and Friday live at 10 a.m. Pacific. And then, of course, well, don't watch me on Friday because you're watching Social Media Examiner live. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, and also on YouTube, we release at least one uh, recorded video a week. So helping Perfect. you grow your audience and uh, do all the tech fanciness. Awesome. And we'll definitely see you at Social Media Marketing World 2020. Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll talk to you before then because yes. sure we, we love having you on the show. And no doubt we will, either on the show or your show, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Sounds Thanks, great. Thanks, Bye. 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 Awesome. Always good to talk with her and David. Just made to make sure throw that out there. Um, we got a couple other small items of news that we'll go through real quick here. So uh, we'll keep keep in the YouTube vein. Uh, and YouTube is doing a new masthead ad option for TV connected viewers. Now, I am one of those TV connected viewers. I am somebody who, when I'm watching YouTube, more likely than not, it is on a television. I just enjoy it that way. I enjoy watching longer form stuff on YouTube. It's the stuff that like, if I find something throughout the day, the productivity side of me says, I don't have time to watch this thing right now. And I click the add to watch later playlist for myself so that I can actually, oh, this is a cool video. I'm going to show my kids later. Or, oh, I want to watch that later. And I want to sit down and actually enjoy it versus sitting in this like business work chair thing. I want to sit on a couch. So YouTube knows that, on YouTube, the fastest growing audience is TV watchers, people that are watching YouTube on TV. There's no mistake about that. And so what they're doing is, is they're allowing this masthead ad to take up prime TV real estate. And so it's going to be an autoplay for viewers after a few seconds on all the compatible devices and as well as home feed placement. So creatives will be able to be up front and center inside of the YouTube app experience on television screens and you can't skip it now that won't matter to me because i'm also a youtube premium member so anyways <laughs> there you go next up well it's cool they rolled out the masshead ad option on the website a while ago and it was a very high dollar placement i remember that 
And so it's interesting. I wonder if it'll continue to be a high dollar placement. I, I would imagine so being on TV. So, yeah, I assume yeah. so because it's getting into your home instead of just your <laughs> devices. So I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, next up, Facebook ads and shopping posts will now get faster inventory uploads. So this is something that we've had actually some private questions about on the Facebook page. And basically this means that faster inventory uploads means the info in your ads can be more accurate to match the stock levels as you're selling things through Facebook. And as of September 30th, which is coming up, Facebook will continue to upload the inventory information as you set, which is an hourly, daily, or weekly rotation, but the updates will upload to your catalog as soon as Facebook detects a change to your data feed. So you can set it at an interval, but they will also be seeing whether your info has changed and update accordingly. So there you go. Yep. And this is on ads and shopping posts. So anyone that has an e-commerce type business where you're selling products and Mm -hmm. inventories, you know, varies day to day. Like this is, I think this is great. It's, it's a faster update and you don't, it's one less thing to think about. Right. Yep. Yep. Next, next up two things. So Facebook published new research into the growth of messaging uh, for commerce. Speaking of e-commerce, Facebook recently commissioned a Boston consulting group study uh, to conduct um, it was focus groups and in-depth interviews and online surveys of almost 9,000 people across nine markets in regard to their messaging use. And so their findings highlight some of the key benefits, expectations of uh, consumer facing businesses when it comes to, or the highlight some of the key benefits and expectations of customers of consumer facing businesses when it comes to messaging. It also, uh, Facebook also sought to discover what's driving business messaging trends for customers and what they're looking more in these interactions. So Uh, This is a study published on Facebook's business site. Of course, we link to it in the article, but you can also go to Facebook for business uh, site. And it is, I think the link is it's conversational commerce. So if you can look for that there or you can click on our article for this week. And then last up, Twitter launched Twitter Next strategy team to help brands maximize their Twitter campaign. So Twitter is looking to provide more assistance for brands who are then looking to maximize their efforts on Twitter by launching this program, Twitter Next. It's a new strategic arm of the Twitter marketing department, and it will provide a range of insights and advice for select business partners. But anyone can access the information and it allows you to tap into or to know about and how like know how big brands are tapping into Twitter's new functionalities. For example, they recently worked with KFC in the UK to help the company utilize Twitter threads in a new, cool and interesting way. So again, that's something that Twitter offered on its official Twitter blog and its marketing section. So again, you can check that out on our website. So I highlight these two things because I think it's really important when the platforms themselves are saying, these are our tools. This is the best way that we've seen people utilize these tools. And here's how it can be successful for you. Because who better would know how to best use their tools than them themselves? You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that is our show. I want to remind you again that everything we talked about with Luria and after will be in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news every Saturday when the episode drops. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We know that many of you love joining us live as we record it. However, you can't always do that. And it's great to have a backup copy 
coming right to you without you having to think about it on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss out on the latest and greatest social media news and what it means for you as a marketer. So go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you don't listen to podcasts, what are you thinking? But anyway, go to those and search for Social Media Marketing Talk Show and hit the subscribe button. Also, don't forget to register for Social Media Marketing World 2020 by going to socialmediamarketing.world. And Grace, I'd love to say thank you for being a great co-host and producer. Thank you, Eric, for being a great host to the show. And thank you to Luria again for joining us today and dropping new news on us. So news we didn't even know. So, of course, providing value as we go along. (laughs) And we want to remind you that we'll be recording again next week on October 4th, Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can join us right here on Crowdcast if you're there or find out when we record and get this on your calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Thanks again for watching, listening, et cetera, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all the things. Thank you for all the things, people. (laughs) We love you. Thank you for being here. And we will see you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.